0: You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to talk about activations. I got an email from somebody, a a DM on on the Instagram, and this is what it says. Do you have a podcast about activations? And I thought, man, I probably do. This has been running for a little over two years, but what's your question? Let me see if there's a little more I can learn about what you're asking. So this is from Erica Moore, and she says, I like to use vertical loading style alternating between core and balance exercises. But would love some more info. Is activation something we should very often? Um, should I uh, write an activation for each muscle group and use those on their respective days? So I'm assuming if you have like a leg day, here's a leg activation circuit. Uh, and then what if she does core training? She wants to know. Do I do activations on it or can I just like work out my core? So let's start to break down this kind of concept about what's going on in activation. So thank you so much for the questions, Erica, and let's get into activations. Activations are part of the NASM corrective exercise model where you go through and you inhibit, you lengthen, you activate, and then you integrate. So activations are part of a continuum the nasm corrective exercise continuum so you would go through and work on uh as your movement prep all of this is movement prep so when she asked the question about can i do these exercises and these activations prior to specific muscle days the answer is going to be yeah like you want to make sure if you're going to be working your legs that that if you want your glutes to engage more because they kind of Don't engage the most when we just start to jump into a workout. So, doing a small activation circuit can be really helpful. But what can also be helpful is you inhibit some of the overactive muscles if you know what those are, if you've done assessments to find them, and then stretch out a little bit those overactive muscles and then run through your activations then you're going to get good outcomes and good feedback when you do your integrations and then start moving into your workout program. But let's talk about activations for a moment. One of the things she said she does, which is goes, she likes to to vertically load. So when we vertically load As opposed to horizontally loads. Let's talk about that. A horizontal load is, let's just say we're going to do dead bugs as an exercise. So if you horizontally loaded it, you would say, all right, do a set of dead bugs for 30 seconds, and then take a break. And then do dead bugs again, and then take a break. And then get your third set in, and then take a break. Well, I'm with her, she says she vertically loads. So which basically means you're running it in a circuit. So you go from one exercise to the next exercise to the next exercise as you tend to write things from top to bottom, as you write these down. And so as you write them down, you vertically load it. So you just run through all of these exercises in circuit. But one of the questions I have is that why, I, I don't really like to go from a core exercise and vertically load into a balance exercise. So I don't go core, balance, core, balance, core, balance. Uh, A big reason for that is the lack of consistency for the core and a lot of inconvenience. So if I'm doing core work on the floor, on the table, and then I move somebody into a balance, it's a lot of getting up and getting back down and getting back up. Uh, And so I think what you could do is just stack your core work together and then stack in your balance work. Now you can do that all in a circuit, vertically load it and then repeat it so you can go through your core exercises and then go into your balance exercises. And you can throw in some plyos at the end. You can take a break and cycle back through and do your core balance and plyos again if you want to. That's a great activation circuit. Kind of preps your body, preps your muscles, it preps your core, it preps your neuromuscular system. And then it allows for the nervous system to start to engage too when you start adding in some of those plyometrics. So I think it's it's a good one. It's a good... Thing to add in. Now, there are some exercises that would make it easier. And I like to do a lot of cable exercises in a standing position for my core stability. So I might do some anti rotational exercises as you progress into your strength training, doing a lot of rotational or a lot of uh, wood chop patterns and PNF patterns. Those are great ways to do your core strength activations. So you can go from a core strength to a, uh, to a balance strength exercise, core strength and balance strength. Again, you can do that. I just like to put all the core work together and then I put the balance work together after that. That's just what I do. It's my preference. doesn't mean that the other isn't, uh, good. It's just, it's harder to maintain and get people off the table, get them back up and then move from doing your core and into something else. Now, Here's one of the other things that she asked, and it was about there's core activation, which at NASM, we say, why don't you do your core activations first and then do your workout? And then she asked a question about doing core. So can I just kind of skip activations and work out my core? And the answer is I wouldn't skip it. In fact, I would still do your workout where you do your core activation. Remember, core activations, especially in your stability training. There's no movement of the spine. You're trying to keep the spine as stable as possible while moving other things around it. So it could be dead bugs, it could be bridges, it could be cobras, it can be uh, clamshells even. like These are all good core exercise. Planks, side planks, adductor planks, the Copenhagen planks, all of the plank variations that are out there are designed to keep the core, the lumbopelvic hip unit stable while there are forces out there trying to bend it or rotate it. So we can do those core stabilization exercises. And as you move into strength training, you do strength exercises. But the question now is that now that I've done the activations, can I do a core workout where I'm really doing some core strength? I'm trying to build strength and maybe even trying to build a little bit of hypertrophy. And I think that's great, but I also think that that you should wait until the end of your workout if you want to do that. And the reason is... It's because I don't want you to exhaust your core. Remember, core exercises in the beginning of the workout are smack around the core, wake them up, and now you're ready to go. As opposed to a workout where we're not waking them up, we are absolutely exhausting them. And I don't want to exhaust my core before I go in and I'm doing squats or deadlifts or larger, even pull ups, because it re- requires so much core activation simply from doing pull-ups, even lat pull downs. So don't exhaust the core prior to going into these other big lifts. My suggestion is hit your big lifts. And at the end of it, if you've got juice left in the tank, squeeze it out. All right. You can do that by adding in your core exercises and working out your core at the end. So that's my feedback on core and core activation series. I love that you are implementing the the model that you're going through your core activations. You're going through your balance exercises. And if you all haven't included balance exercises into your workouts, then I I suggest doing a workout with me because I will crush the balance on you. And you think this is not a hard exercise, just standing on one foot. Balance is wildly challenging. And give me a couple minutes on each leg and it'll feel like your foot and your glutes are on fire. right? And so these are great neuromuscular exercises. So what you've done is you've activated your core You've placed a stable core on top of hips, knees, and ankles, and now you're trying to stabilize the hip joint, the knee, and the ankle joint with a stable core on top of it. So this is why we progress from core, then we move into balance, and then we can move into plyometrics, which is how do we react to the ground reaction force with our core and with our neuromuscular or our balance ability? Can we stabilize and balance that? All right, so that's a little bit about muscular activations, and there's so many muscular activations that you can do. There's so many wonderful exercises, but remember, core stabilization, when you do your activations uh, and you're in the stabilization, you are not moving your spine. So we're not doing crunches, we're not doing back extensions, we're not doing side bends, we're not doing rotational patterns. You could do rotations as mobilizations, like open books, you can add those into it, but it's not a strength rotation until you get to the strength level in the OPT model. And once you get to the strength level in the OPT model, you can do your crunches, You can do resisted crunches or weighted crunches, side bends and back extensions, and you can go in through, in and out, uh, concentric, eccentric, and isometric as opposed to just staying in the isometric muscle action. All right, I hope this is a little bit helpful to you, Erica, and for those of you that are listening, if you've got questions, feel free to reach out, and I might dig into my mailbag and pull out one of your questions that I can answer on the show. Also, take the time, reach out, DM me, at richie on Instagram, or you can email me, rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Like, subscribe, share this with your fellow fitness friends. And let's get more people listening to it, learning about exercise science, about business, about NASM. Thanks so much. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.